your best bets the mexico open is upon us one of the most anticipated events of the season we can talk about uh coming this week no not really uh, at all in fact we were talking before we went live this is one of the worst four event stretches of the pga tour season but we will preview the mexico open we'll do like a one minute review on the zurich classic as well uh, i can't say i really saw much of that event uh, as we kind of alluded to last week uh joining me tonight of course zach fitzgerald is here zach how are we we're doing well today uh looking forward to this show and uh celebrating johnny yes uh johnny strausers here um uh, yeah you did something i guess pretty impressive saturday right um yeah I, I i would say so um we had that uh the three rivers tour event uh that we had talked about on the last show and it was at my my home golf course, Autumn Ridge, uh, where I've been a member there for quite a few years, and um, was able to uh, able to win that one, my first of this year, first event of the year um, that I've played in, and it's my third third career Three Rivers Tour win. So that was uh, that was pretty exciting. Um, had some pretty nice weather, but uh, um, some tough conditions on top of it. So it was a it was a good day all around. You win the Skyline Chili Classic. Did you bathe in Skyline Chili afterwards? I, I wanted to, <laughs> but I'm more of a Coney guy than a chili dog guy. So had it been Coney sauce, definitely. But I didn't, although, you know, who's to say who's to say if i don't win again you know if, if i come back to defend that that maybe we'll do something like that yeah that's a good point i mean there's always there's always that opportunity down the road to to bathe in chili uh, let's talk about your round a little bit i mean you you win going away uh you shoot 71 win by six i mean this is this is a uh a tiger in his prime sort of uh margin of victory scotty shuffler at the masters type of victory so you played from what I understand, pretty decent on the front, but the, the back nine, you really, you really kind of took control of this thing. What, uh, tell us about your round. Yeah. I mean, okay. So it, it, most people probably remember it was, it was about 85 degrees out that day. Not that humid. Um, really, really nice day. Um, the, the wind was a little bit different than what it normally is in the, uh, in the summertime. Usually the wind comes out of the West, um, and that's kind of when the golf course plays generally, I would say the easiest, but it was basically due South coming, or I should say due North coming straight from the South, which if anybody's played Autumn Ridge, it makes hole one play downwind, nine would play into the wind, 10 would play into the wind. So, um, it may, just makes it a little bit more interesting because a lot of the holes on the front nine, uh, which normally play downwind because, or, or into the wind, cause they play they go east west um just made it a little bit tougher because those were crosswind and it was uh it was kind of consistent at five to ten miles an hour and it would gust up to 15 plus miles an hour sometimes so it made it challenging there and and in the number of years that i've been in fort wayne i've been in fort wayne since 2006 i believe um i've kind of learned that autumn ridge is one of the more difficult golf courses 
public courses in the county and in Northeast Indiana. I just generally people struggle with it. Um, we don't have a whole lot of tournaments there, but, but, you, you know, usually they, they end up, do, you know, just not playing as well as you, you would generally expect with the, the talent that we've got in the county here. But, um, I hit the ball really well, considering I really hadn't played much all year. I, I played, uh, um, the Wednesday and I played uh, a few holes Thursday, took Friday off and only played a few weeks before that, just one round. So I was, I felt I was pretty rusty and a lot of it was just hitting off the mats, um, at an indoor driving range at the, uh, uh sport one field house. And so I was kind of worried at how, how I'd be able to work the ball around with that wind and hit it pretty consistent, hit a lot of greens at start, which was real nice. Cause you know, when you play tournament golf, you want to, you want to have easy pars and you don't want to, you want to have looks at birdie, nothing worse than starting out like the third first, like three, four, five, six holes of your round. And you're just fighting for pars or you're making easy bogeys or easy double bogeys. I'm, I'm sure you guys have had that before, you know, where it just, it starts the round out bad. I had a lot of really good birdie looks. Um, didn't make any of them, but I had some close ones. Finally ended up making a birdie on the par four, uh, par five fourth hole. Uh, hit a wedge shot in there. Actually got wayward with my tee shot and uh, worked back towards the hole. There was it was in that crosswind and, and made birdie. And then um, as we turned into the wind, um, eight or seven and eight made bogeys on there and had to make a actually a pretty good par on nine. So I turned in one over, um, and then, uh, and then I, I usually play a little bit better on the back nine. I don't know if it's just out of desperation that I just hadn't played as well as I wanted on the front, but you know, it was just kind of one of those things where I, I, I hit a lot of good shots. I stayed patient, um, cause I knew the scores were going to be higher. And when you play in these tournaments like this, you know, you can kind of, you can kind of gauge how well the scores are going to be. And I don't know if that's how you guys do it when you play in the three rivers or FWGA events, you know, you just kind of, you get out there, you play the first few holes and you're like, you know what, if I shoot, you know, 79, if I shoot 75 or or 70 or something like that, you know, that's kind of a target. I knew if I shot something around par, I'd have a really, really good chance at winning. Um, So I just was real patient making pars and then, um, and then finally made a, a good scrambling par actually on the par five, uh, 15th hole, um, knocked a wedge in there to about six, seven feet and curled in the putt for birdie. Um, that got me to even for the round and made pars up until that point. And then, um, seven or 16, the par three was a real tough win. I was short, but the pin was front left. And I had about 20 feet with about, I don't know, six, eight feet of break. It was just this hooking, but. And I was just on the fringe there, left the pin in and dead, dead, perfect putt hit right in the center of the flag stick dropped in. Um, and then made two scrambling pars at the end. Cause at that point I was kind of worried if somebody, there was a couple good players that were ahead of us. And I was, I was worried that one of them was going to sneak in there and shoot like a one, two over par something like that. So I was like, okay, just make some pars coming in, uh, made a couple scrambling pars, uh, finished out 71 came in and found out that I ended up winning by six, which was, little bit of a surprise, but I was, I was happy with how I, I stayed in the round and, and grinded it out. And it just, it, it felt like I was, you know, tiger back in the day, you know, it was, uh, um, you know, being patient, taking opportunities when I could. Uh, I mean, my knowledge from autumn is, is that, and I think you had said that in the text message, uh, on, on, uh, 
Saturday that that you had just stayed patient. And I, I was a member at Autumn for five years. And I kind of think of that golf course as a driver's golf course. If you can drive the ball well there, especially on the back, uh, you tend to gain strokes on people. Uh, holes like 13, um, being downwind is totally different. Uh, so maybe not as treacherous, but you know, if the ball gets wayward either way on that hole with it being downwind, it's just going to carry it farther. Um, I'm not sure if you have the distance. I haven't played with you in a while to get to the water with it downwind, but I certainly don't. So that's not a concern. It would be more right. Um, but then, you know, holes like 15, I think present an extremely, maybe potentially the hardest driving hole in the city, honestly. Um, if you hit any type of a draw there and you hit it long and there's any wind going, I guess, behind you, it's going to be almost impossible to stop the ball from going through the fairway into that little gully area down there. I'm excited that that uh, that city is there this year. I think that that it's a great golf course that tends to bring, you know, people that strike the ball well, drive the ball well. Um, it's not necessarily the hardest putting golf course, but if you don't know it well, it has some pretty subtle breaks. Yeah. Um, yeah. We had a win by six. I mean, that's excellent with the, with the level of golfers that were there. Chris Schweitzer had already won a tournament this year. Uh, Jason Herberger was there playing well. Ryan Marquardt was there, had won a tournament already this year. Jason Smith was there. There were a bunch of people there that, that uh, you know, had previously won tournaments or, you know, competed in both Fort Wayne Golf Association and the Three Rivers Tour for a long time. So, Really a, a impressive win. Congratulations. Well, thank you. Yeah, I did play with Chris, Jason, and uh, and Ryan, as you you had mentioned there, um, in that final uh, uh, gross division pairing. And they started out. I mean, they were they were hitting a lot of good shots. They were, uh, you know, I don't know if it was the adrenaline, you know, hitting just a lot of really good, uh, really good iron shots, having a lot of good looks. And and by the sixth hole, I think at least a couple of them were beating me. I'm like, you know what? I said, these guys are going to shoot like 68 today. I just don't have it in me to shoot 68 this early in the season here. Now we had the, the teams that we played uh, were, were basically the blues and slightly forward. I play the gold tees all the time there, which is all the way back. Um, and that golf course is completely different, completely different with all the angles. If you play the gold tees versus the blues. So I almost have to, it almost feels like I'm playing a different golf course. Cause like, um, hole three, the, the sharp dog leg, they had them at like the whites and it was playing downwind. I had the tee and I didn't know that I could carry it. I could have driven the green cause I hit my tee shot out, you know, just in a safe area in the fairway there hit driver. And then Chris goes in and knocks it on the back corner of the green. Jason Smith goes in and knocks it on the back corner of the green. I'm like, Okay. But, but funny, you, you know, you mentioned the driving and everything. Um, that was, uh, just, I, I don't know. It's just maybe the, maybe my muscles aren't fully, you know, from the, the atrophy from, um, you know, this winter, I didn't feel like I was hitting the ball well at all. I wasn't swinging hard because when it's windy, I usually try to, uh, I try to swing a little bit easier because the harder you swing in the wind, the the more backspin you put on the ball, the higher you hit the ball, and the more the ball can just go places that you just don't want it to go. So Jason Smith was out regularly out driving me by 20, 30 yards. I think I got him one time on, on 17, um, but these guys were, were hitting it by me. But I was just like, you know what? I, that's fine. I, I, I feel comfortable with my, how my irons are. 
I, I feel comfortable. I can hit most of these greens. I've played the golf course 500 times in my life. I, I know all about it and everything. And that's why I was just like, I was just like, just be patient, let them come back to you. And, and you know, once we kind of hit the turn there, that's, that's when it happened. But like, like you said, that's what I really wanted to, to bring up as well. I'm excited. Yes. That the that Autumn Ridge is hosting the uh, um, Fort Wayne golf association city championship personally, because, you know, I feel I've got a home course advantage there, but more, more importantly, I think this is such a great test for a lot of golfers in the area. You know, I know we've got a lot of good, good courses and we we tend to try to play the private ones for the, uh, for the championship there, but the way they had the golf course going last year and, and they are legitimately, they are legitimately excited on how the golf course is going to be this year. They're, they're looking to get the greens faster. The fairways firm, they redid a lot of the bunkers uh, to make them actually playable because they lost a lot of the, the sand um, due to just drying out and erosion and everything. Um, so they're making it, making it a fun, challenging golf course. And um, I think it's going to really test, you know, it's going to test these guys. And I think the, the year it was uh, like 2011 or 12 or whatever it was here last 12, um, yeah. Joe Hayden, and uh, Pat Kelly got in a playoff. I think they were like one over or something like that. Yep. They weren't over. able to break par for three rounds. So, I mean, I, I think that's going to, that's a tough, that's a tell of how this golf course is. And it's just not an easy one. It just doesn't set up easy for the eye there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how it tests everybody. And I'm looking, and I'm looking forward to how, how excited they are. Uh, Autumn Ridges about the greenskeeper and the pro and all that how they're happy about uh, and, and excited to bring a challenging golf course for us. Looking forward to it. Yeah. And, and to sort of piggyback on, on some of that and your, your home course advantage. I mean, I've, I've played a number of rounds uh, with you there and it really is a golf course that fits your game so well, because you're so good at just managing your game, keeping the ball in play, not hitting a lot of foul balls. And you hit a couple of foul balls in autumn. You can, uh, you can, you, your score can really get, get up there quickly. You can make a couple of doubles pretty easily, but you're so good at managing your game, knowing what, what clubs to hit off the tee, say on 13, when the, you know, when the wind's this way and, and, and the teaser back, you know exactly what to hit. So I, I'm looking forward to see seeing how that sort of all fits with um, you know the city championship when we get there in August. And um, we kind of jokingly always talk about peaking, and you know we we have a podcast talking about these these PJ Tour players peaking at the right time. So essentially, you know, we're all trying to do that the last couple of weeks of July going to the city. So I'm sure you're kind of you know your your whole seasons. Um, geared toward that week and getting toward that week, but obviously nice to start off in April with with a win here. Yeah, and 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 you're right. I mean, this is something that you know, I, and I, I've had a lot of success in the city, but never won it. I mean, I finished, I finished second, I finished third, I finished fourth, I finished sixth. Uh, I probably finished fifth somewhere as well. So it's just always been, you know, close there. And it seems like you get this new crop of good young players that kind of come through, you know, just out of high school as they're living their college years, um, you know, and having a lot of success here. So I'm looking forward to, to, to knowing the golf course. And I really feel that as long as I can get my game peaking, which I have before in the past, that having that course advantage plus 
playing better golf at that time in early August, um, you know, can give me a chance to, to contend at the event. And I've always talked about it. I know I mentioned it uh, all the time about these players. I say, Oh, I like to bet this guy because, you know, maybe he can make the cut and then have a chance come Sunday. You know, that's, that's certainly what I'm looking for is to, to be in the hunt within, you know, within striking distance on that Sunday and, you know, I, I think I, I have as good a chance as anybody that's going to be in that field. Yeah, I, I, th- I think that's uh, I think it's definitely a well-founded point. And I, I think your name's definitely going to be in the mix when we get there. Um, so congrats again. Uh, happy that the, uh, you know, the podcast gets a win here. Uh, you know, Belleville won the senior city last last fall. So cool to see another one of our guys win so happy to see you get one here um and then turn around and we got we got the five-man scramble this week i know uh, johnny and i are teaming up zach you're going to be in the field you guys looking forward to this one zach uh absolutely uh i play riverbend on thursdays in a golf league and the course is in amazing shape greens are already lightning and firm um and it's always one of my favorite events of the year i mean the course gets set up pretty difficultly, uh, which I mean, it's 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 hard to set that course up easy. So uh, saying that is pretty relative, if I'm being honest. Uh, the greens are faster than normal, but you know, it's not set up overly overly difficult. It can be set up significantly more difficult if they wanted to. Um, but you know, scores normally wins around 14 under. So for a five man scramble, I mean, that is a low score for for an 18 hole golf course. I mean, you see some uh four man scrambles with you know scores of 20 21 so you know that that kind of shows you how the course is set up but um you know i think that this is a tournament that you know as a member of riverbend i take pride in this event um i hope that that you know it shows well and everybody enjoys it um i think those of us that are that are members at riverbend do have an advantage it is a golf course that you know has to be played multiple times in order to feel comfortable especially on the greens. Um, and, and Tom does an amazing job getting it set up. Uh, he's an excellent host, uh, you know, uh, and as a, as a golf course owner, and as well as a player in both the Three Rivers and the Foreign Golf Association, he understands, you know, how important golf is to the community. So I think that he does a good job, and I think uh, it's one of my favorite events of the year. Donnie? It certainly is, and and I hope we get good weather for it. But I'm I'm always excited now to when I get the chance to play Riverbend. I mean, even if it was on a Tuesday morning last year, um, you always got a, a, a quality place to play. The layout is good. I think it's a far underrated layout. It just got a got an unfortunate name years and years and years and years ago before Tom took over, and I think if you really just think about the holes and the mapping of the golf course and the shots you've got to hit, um, it's, it's, it's fantastic. It really is a good layout. And then to add the, uh, uh, the green speed, which I mean, they're every bit as any PGA tour golf course that, uh, that we talk about on a week to week basis, um, is that, and, and it helps having a, a, you know, a, a golf nut, good golfer in in Tom in running the place. So, I mean, you know, he's not there just to make it in a certain condition. He understands golfers because he is one and, and he's just one of us, you know, he's just a, he's just a dude like one of us. And, 
And, uh, you know, I, I, I really respect that and how he ends up setting up the course, but I always like it because it, it's always like the real true kickoff of the, of the, the, the local golf scene. Um, you know, a lot of people end up playing it. Um, a lot of guys you haven't seen since city play it. So it's, it's a lot of guys I haven't seen over the winter or I haven't talked to, um, you know, and it's, it is, it's a five man team and you're always playing with, with, with guys you like, you have a good time. And you just hope the weather is just good enough that that none of them kind of you know tune out halfway through the round, um, you know, because it's too cold or 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 something like that. But this is a good one. It, it's it's amazing to me that a five man scramble could shoot fourteen hundred to win. But then you play the golf course, Phil. I think you'd agree. Like you look at it, five guys can only shoot fourteen under par. But then you play the golf course, and you're like, holy shit! How do these guys shoot fourteen under par in this weather? with these pins at this speed of the green. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it it kind of goes back to Johnny and I were texting about this, uh, this event and, and just the, the course in general. I, I was mentioning it to Johnny years ago. I, I hated playing Riverbend, even not that long ago, but I've played Riverbend probably more than any other course the last two years. And I've really come to respect it and actually enjoy it, enjoy the challenge. Um, really trying to appreciate taking advantage of the holes where you can make birdie uh, taking uh, and then just playing for, for par on maybe half the holes. And because they're that challenging and, you know, for me, it, it just, it was always like, man, that this doesn't, I'm sitting over a t-shirt. just doesn't make me feel comfortable. Um, of course, then you get on the green. I don't feel comfortable. Um, you can mention that in a lot of different shots at Riverbend, whether it's, it's the tee shot on uh, I don't know, say, 15 with that wind is always coming in your face. It feels like, and then, then you got to deal with that, that approach shot to one of the most diabolical greens in the city. Um, I think, I think that hole is a good demonstration of what Riverbend can offer, especially when the wind's blowing, it is extremely difficult, but it's, it's a really fair test of golf. And, um, you know, sometimes it's some, some of these holes, Zach, I'm, I'm interested in your take. It's all about just leaving it and maybe missing it in the right spot. Um, you know, hold like number four, you get above the, uh, get above the pin. You're, you're, you're just happy to get down in two. So hold like that where you can, you know, miss it short, even if you're, you're, you're pitching the ball, you know, things of that nature. I've just, I've, tr- I've tended to come to appreciate about the golf course and just the challenge it offers. Yeah. I mean, for me, uh, just like you said, it's that golf course is all about where you miss it. Uh, I, you know, we talk about the putting, we talk about how difficult some of the driving holes are, but I think it's the hardest second shot golf course in the city. If you don't put the ball in the right position on literally every single hole, uh, you are struggling to two putt and struggling. And you know, uh, what I think, and a lot of the members will tell you this out there is the most diabolical green out there that always gets everybody's number 12 and it looks the flattest, but it, it's just these weird little slight breaks that, that hit everybody. And then if you get behind that green and you try to chip to the front, it will not stop. Um, holes like four, uh, where knowing where to hit the ball four off the tee is vital. And if you haven't played there, it's probably going to bite you the first few times. Um, trying to get comfortable over that tee shot on three, which I think is one of the most difficult tee shots. I, I personally tend to just hit iron and then try to hit like an eight iron. in. you can try to hit driver and hit it right down that shoot and maybe hit a sandwich in, but man, you can also just hit it into the water. So 
for me, that was always kind of a, a bugaboo. And then really, I mean, I haven't even mentioned the backside yet, which is just, there's no, there's no letdown at any point. It, you can say 10, but during the summertime, when it gets hard, if you hit driver on 10 and you don't hit it straight, it's going into the, the shit to the right, or it's going into that goalie left. And then you're probably looking at bogey because you can't get up and down. And from that point forward, you know, 11 is obviously brutal. 12 is brutal. 13 is, in my opinion, harder than 11. I don't think it gets the credit that it deserves. 14 is a brutal part. Every hole on that side is difficult. And, you know, Tom asked us the question, I think, a couple years ago, what would our guess be? And, and I actually want you guys to answer this before I tell you, but what do you guys think the first score, scores that are put in above par, what is the hardest hole on that golf course? I would guess I'd probably, and this is probably the wrong answer, but it's probably 15. Okay. Phil? I, I would say 15 or 16. It is actually 18. Um, I would not 18. think that yeah, either. I agree. But, but it's, you know, you got all the trouble left, and then the way that the green – is so severely sloped from right to left. If you miss it right where the bailout is, you can't hold the green. You got that bunker right there. And if you miss it in that bunker, you can't hold the green. So I get it. It's just an overly difficult course. Obviously I have extreme love for it. I've been a member there for six years now. The guys there are like family to me. Um, but from an outsider's perspective, prior to being there, every time I played it, I saw the potential in the layout. Um, so, yeah, I agree. It's, it's my favorite course to play in the city, uh, my favorite place to play golf, I would say. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's a special place to be. Definitely looking forward to Saturday, uh, uh, getting out there and competing and uh, just having a good time. It should be uh, – hopefully the weather is decent like you guys mentioned, and uh, uh, we'll see how – how much Johnny and I's team can beat Zach's team by. And uh, we'll definitely report <laughs> back next week. No, probably not. Um, but uh, yeah, it should be a fun one. Um, guys, uh, I, I didn't have anything on the Zurich. I don't know if Zach did. Um, I, I mean, congrats to Xander and Cantley. I don't really have any, any stronger feeling towards Xander now that he's won another weird event that will go on his resume. Sorry, Zach. Uh, but Johnny, I, I think you had okay. maybe a, t a take or two. Yeah, I just wanted to say one thing, and you, you you kind of alluded to it there. This is the most likely event that Xander Shoffley will win. I mean, just the most on-brand win that you could imagine here is, is he played in a team event where he doesn't have to count all of his strokes. He's playing with one of the best players in the world who is generally unflappable and who's very he's very comfortable with playing playing with. But he's going to get credited for a PGA Tour win. Now, he's only going to get half the FedEx Cup points, and he, you know he splits part of the purse and everything like that. But he's going to get invited back to Kapalua, um, his sixth year in a row, and he's only won what three times as a tournament of champions, tournament winner only field, and he's won I think three times in those six years, and this is his sixth consecutive one here. So I just was like, I you know I should have just thought of it earlier. When I, when I bet the damn event that this was going to be 
probably a Xander Shoffley win. If, if he's going to win an event, this is what he's going to win. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know we we're gonna go down this path, but now looking at his resume, I mean we're talking about his first one being at the Greenbrier, which is a regular tour event, but it is it's it's a it's a solid event. No no qualms there, but the tour championship was a second win, uh no cut event. WGC, no cut event, century tournament of champions, no cut event. Uh then we throw in the Olympics and now we throw in the team events with Cantley. It is a really weird resume of wins where it's either no cut or um something funky with the format um i don't know uh zach he's your boy so you can you can defend him here he's got a gold medal (laughs) the the zander backers always go with that gold medal thing always always well if i'm being honest with you it's the only thing i have (laughs) so it's what i have to go with Full respect, but no, the, the the event, and we talked about it last week. I tried to defend it, but it has this just has no juice. I, I think that's the best way to describe it. There's just no juice to it. And I, this is my last point. They need to just. I think they need to eliminate the best ball. It is a total slog on television to watch. Uh, alternate shot. It, the the pace is great. It zooms through, but I, I just think the best ball format is. Um, it just doesn't do any favors for the entertainment uh, portion of it. Change it to worst ball. I like your guys' idea. (laughs) Then I'll actually play. Uh, So this week, guys, I mean, this is is the argument for the PGA Tour needs a bye week, right? I mean, you come off of the Masters, you have a really – great event at Harbor town. Then, then you followed up with the Zurich and now it's just this it's, I mean, we've talked about bad fields here. We've seen it. We, we kind of joke about it, but this one is um, it's really as bad as I've seen. And we'll talk about it when we get to the odds, but um, I mean, shouldn't maybe, maybe, and I know this is all driven by TV and, and sponsorship, but is, would it be a bad idea for the, the tour to take an off week here and there? No, absolutely. And, and I know they want to grow the game by having the event in Mexico. And I think actually having a WGC there and bringing the good players into Mexico was was a great idea. And if they're going to go back there now, um, then, then do that. But having this kind of, this is like the Corrales Punta Cana, and it might not even be that. Um, yeah, have have a week off here and there. Highlight the Corn Ferry Tour. Um, you know, you've got some skin in the game in the, the DP world tour, you've named the Scottish open, which is actually now a co-sanctioned PGA tour and DP world tour event. Do something like that. Promote the other tours, do some, something, because I mean, I know people are going to bet on it and I'm probably going to bet on it too, but just looking at this field, just, just take, it's okay. You don't have to play a certain week here. And nobody, this is kind of the springtime in the North here. Weather's getting better. Uh, baseball season started. People want to take their families out to play golf or they want to enjoy the outside. They're not really going to watch as much, you know, golf as, as they would get them kind of hyped up for the PGA championship. And, and it's okay. It's okay to do that. You don't have to play, you know, 50 weeks out of the year. I can't. I can't really see myself watching a lot of this tournament. Uh, bye week wise, I mean, it, yeah, I'm going to make it a bye week for me probably. But um, 
I, I see the point for not having a bye week at the same time for, for all the guys that you know, get an opportunity to necessarily compete against the best fields. It would be nice if, if the event in Mexico was always a WGC event that, that drew the biggest names. I mean, if they're, if they're trying to, to grow the game in Mexico, then you're going to need a better field than this. It, it, it has to be the case. So nice that, you know, they're having a tournament in Mexico. They're trying to continue it on, but this is not, I don't think the proper trajectory in my mind, I would think that you would want to try to keep it as a WGCI. Obviously I, I'm not privy to why that didn't happen, but um, this is not a tournament that, that necessarily excites me, but they did draw ROM. I mean, there are some names here. It's just that, you know, it's, it's on the weaker side of the, the field. Yeah. The, the, the WGC in Mexico, it was eliminated at the, uh, the club, the golf Chapultepec. Uh, I actually really enjoyed that golf course. I thought it was really kind, I of, too. kind of short yeah. and wonky and kind of fun. Um, this one's played in Puerto Vallarta at the Vidanta, <laughs> the Vidanta Vallarta Norman Signature. God, I was waiting. Okay, I was waiting to say that. I mean, we can't get away from Greg Norman, guys. I was just going to say we somehow found a way to bring this. It circles back to every every your best bet episode. I love it. Um, long golf course, so over over seventy five hundred yards. Um, it basically is going to play the opposite of what uh, Chipotlepec would play, which was, you know, drivable par fours and, and things of that nature. Uh, past Palom Greens, we'll see. Uh, from everything I've read about this golf course, it's really wide as far as driving uh, the golf ball. Um, I think it, it seems like it's going to favor the longer hitters to me. Um, it's going to kind of negate the accurate drivers, and, and you're going to want guys that are 30, 40 yards ahead of the Kevin Nas and Patrick Reeds of the world that are going to be just that much closer on, on their approach shot. Um, as we've talked about in the past, that uh, this pass palom green uh, type seems to kind of negate some of the stronger putters and kind of level the playing field. Um, Johnny, have you looked at the course? Uh, very little of it. Yeah, it is a very long course. I don't know if it's at elevation like Chipotlepec was. Chipotlepec was a long golf course, but it was playing at like 7,000 feet. So these dudes were hitting, you know, crazy distances here, but this is going to be a lot like, uh, like I mentioned the Punta Cana. It's just one, it's a resort type golf course. You can kind of blast it anywhere. Um, it's got kind of weird greens that are hard to make putts on. Um, so not knowing too much about the golf course, um, I I think you're going to want good iron players. Um, yeah, you want guys who can hit it long because they can get away with wayward tee shots. Um, but as these players kind of, um, work their way around and learn the golf course, you know, they played in practice rounds, but actually playing it in tournament golf with different pins, you get one guys who can just get their yardage, you know, know the wind. And, and hit it, hit an iron shot close, and that's kind of what I'm going to look at. And that's what I focus on is, is guys who are like as good iron players. All right, guys. Uh, for me, um, go ahead. Oh, no, sorry, go ahead, Zach. Yeah, for this, for this one, I'm basically just looking at guys that are pretty hot coming in that have been playing well over the last month or two. Um, not really looking at potential on this one, more just form. So, okay. Um, Guys, the odds board is unlike anything that you've seen. We, I think it was out at um, 
out at Palm Springs when Rom was playing out there where he was a significant favorite. I think it was around plus 600. Um, you know which one I'm talking about. You know, the <laughs> <laughs> fucking putting contest. <laughs> fucking putting contest week. Um, <laughs> uh, but this is even more of a, of a, he's even more of a dramatic favorite this week at plus 350. He's the only guy that sits under plus 2000 because of uh, Daniel Berger's withdrawal. So I think if you're betting this, you just you kind of need to pick a path. Are you picking the path where you think Rom's going to win this tournament? And I don't even know if it's because you want to bet it or if you want to bet guys in the top five, top ten, top twenty markets and just say, I, I think I think Gary Woodland's going to have a great week, but I don't I don't think he's going to beat Rom, so I'll I'll bet him top five. Um, I mean, I feel like you got to pick a path, and I don't even know if it's because you think you want to bet Rom to win. It's just because you don't want to, you know, you don't want to bet any other guy to win and, and have Ron beat him. I, that's my thought. I, I've, I've wrestled with this. Once I saw the odds yesterday, I couldn't believe how much of a favorite he was. I mean, he's seven to two on, on DraftKings. I mean, plus three fifty is, is almost unheard of how I'm going to do it is I, I normally would never support somebody betting that, but you look at the guys at like 20 to one, um, you look at, you know, some of these guys are just, you know, not going to win at, even at that high number there. So I think he's going to be one of my win bets. And I, 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 I just going to have to live with not getting a big return in that. And I'm going to have other win bets as well, but I'm going to, like I always do, I'm going to really focus on the top twenties and top tens. Cause like you said, I, I don't, Gary Woodland's typically not going to beat him, but Gary Woodland's one of the better players in the field. So you can still get uh, plus 450 odds at uh, as, as a top five. So I'm going to personally bet Rom just because I know I'm not going to win much from him, but I'm going to try to make my money in the, uh, in the top finishes bet and the matchups. Um, and if and I have a couple long shots in there as well that they happen to win. That'll be just a bonus. Zach, what about you? Uh, you Rom or you staying away there? I'm staying as far away from Rom as possible for me. I mean, he hasn't shown me that that he has the form to to justify plus three fifty. I mean that that's the number of a guy that's won two to three tournaments in a row coming in here. That's Scheffler won for the last six. We're still at like plus twelve hundred. I I don't. No. We were just talking about how Rom hasn't been making any putts. He really, I mean, he's not been playing bad, but he hasn't been playing great. I, I I guess it's just the weakness of the field. But I don't see any. I don't see anything that he's done that shows me he has any more likely to win than say Gary Woodland or you know somebody that you would get better odds. But I do get the sentiment of. You know him certainly being one of the favorites and and still placing a bet on him. I mean, but I just for me personally, that's ludicrous, ludicrous odds. Tigers, that's like Tiger odds when he's winning seven tournaments in a row. Yeah, that's that's a fair point. We know he hasn't won um, a PJ Tour event since the U.S. Open. Uh, last summer so it has been a while um if if you're betting him and and you support him it's because of his t degree game is still the best he's still first in this field t degree in the last 50 rounds 
has not been the problem the last couple months. Um, he's been just leaking oil, not just putting, but we mentioned, I mean, outside the top 100 around the greens as well. I mean, it's his game has really fallen off, um, just getting the ball up and down. However, I, I, I don't, I don't really see scrambling as a big, uh, factor in this tournament. I, I really think it's going to be a ball striking, um, uh, type of tournament. So I do, I do think Rom's going to be, uh, a, a factor. I think he's going to be in the top 10. It's just going to be a matter of a couple of these putts finally dropping for him. Um, we live in the world where Cameron Tregali is tied for the second favorite in this event at 20 to one with Abe Anser, Gary Woodland and Kevin. Na. Um, <laughs> I just think that's hilarious. Um, Tony Fino at 22, Sebastian Munoz at 25 to one. I mean, I mean, I, I, there was an event where we just talked about him being 125 to one, I think. Um, so Aaron wise at 30 to one, uh, we talked about Woodland. I think right now he's he's maybe the second best player in this field uh, behind Rom. Um, I think he's got really good value, even if you don't like him to win for a top ten. Uh, seems like the golf course would fit him well. He's really been playing well this spring. Uh, Zach, do you like Woodland this week? I do. Uh, two uh, two T fives, uh, a T eight, and a T twenty one in the last two months. So coming in on good form. Like you said, probably right now the second best player in the, in the event and hits the ball plenty far for this golf course. Um, yeah, of all those numbers that you said, I would take him. I had uh, I had kind of bookmarked Finau and to maybe talk about him. And then I saw this little stat that it's been eight months since his last top 25 in a full field event. And that was kind of eye-opening to me. I... I didn't yeah. think it was that bad, but yeah, that's pretty bad. I have trouble having confidence in him after reading that. So of all the people you said, I guess I would probably take Woodland in, in that range. Johnny, what about you? You on the Woodland train as well? I, I don't mind him in a top 10. I'm not going to bet him to win. I, I I think that's fair a fair number, but I, you know, I just don't know. I don't know. He, he doesn't have that 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 win equity or that frequency that that I, I really love and I can trust him coming down the stretch. But you know, he has played good golf and I know he missed the cut at the players and he missed it at the masters. Um but he's had those really good finishes otherwise. And this is as much as you may want to believe it, this is not the players or the masters. So, you know, uh, you know how he's played otherwise there. So, you know, the, I can't believe Tringali you know, he's like a, he's like a 70 to one on the win, but I mean, plus two ten is not a bad for uh, a top 10. I mean, that it's just, there's like three things in like that death taxes and Cameron drew golly, not winning an event. Um, but he, he, he'll top 10, top 20, most likely he's just that type of player there. So the only guy I could maybe maybe consider and i and i don't I, again i'm not gonna bet him to win there's a high finish is, is munoz sebastian munoz um i saw that he's a vidante ambassador um so he has something to oh do with the golf course so you know i'm trying to figure out some sort of storyline for this event and he's about the only one no win bets on any of these guys for me but those are the two that you know i might kind of kind of look at is that is that like the the Lucas Glover 
uh, ambassadorship that he had last year. Yeah, Congaree. Yeah, Congaree. Yes. <laughs> yeah, very similar. Very similar. I think. Uh, that, that's that was he probably picked that up post his wife uh, verbally abusing him. Uh, I would hmm. I would think. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> Tony Finau, uh, Zach, you mentioned the stat that I was going to rattle off. It's it's really pretty alarming, um, and I don't know if that goes back to when he won in the FedEx Cup playoffs. Last year, um, but yeah, it's. However, Stephen A. Smith. However, however, um, he the last two events he's played okay. He he did play okay at the Masters. Finau he finished thirty fifth. I mean that's not remarkable, but that there was there was some signs there. He's tenth in this field, tee to green. Um, he's really I think in the top five in a and approach. So I think there's some signs there. He's just been really awful on the greens. And, and I don't know if that that's, it's funny, you know, when we talk about these guys, like, yeah, that's, a, that's always the thing that can flip. But when you're out there and you're not making a putt, uh, the three of us have all, you know, been through it at some point, you don't ever feel like it's going to flip. But we, when we look at these metrics, like, Oh, the putting so fickle and volatile. Um, those things can flip, you know, tournament to tournament and they can, but it might, mm-hmm. we know Fina is just not a great putter. Um, that would be the one mm-hmm. thing that would, that would hold him back, obviously. Um, 30 to one to 50 to one. We got Chris, Kirk, I'm sorry, Aaron Wise at 30 to one. Uh, Chris Kirk, uh, Zach's guy at 35, Patrick Reed at 35, mm-hmm. Brendan Todd, uh, not, uh, <laughs> I was going to make some Zalatoris joke there with Brendan Todd, but I couldn't think of one. He's at 45 and Cam Champ at 45. Um, only, I do want to talk about Chris Kirk. I, I kind of joke about him because Zach was betting him every week, but he is tied with Rom uh, in this field and, and strokes gain T to green tops in the field. Um, this feels like a really good setup uh, for, I think for Kirk. Zach, are you, are you back on that this week? I am on the Kirk wagon this week for sure. Um, you know, uh, like Johnny said, though, I don't know how strong I am on any of these being win bets. I think this is a tournament where, you know, you can you can get some good value in the top 10, top 20s, uh, even top fives for certain guys. So, you know, getting Kirk at plus 350 for a top 10 isn't bad, uh, plus 650 for a top five. Um, so, yeah, I do. I do like Kirk. He's a guy that I have written down here. Um, I do not like Patrick Reed this week. He just has not shown anything. I, I tried to defend him for a while, but I'm starting to lose faith, which will probably be about the time that he wins the tournament this week. So um, I do like Cam Champ. Uh, hits the ball a long way. Um, top 10 at the Masters, which I believe he was second or third tee to green at the Masters. So uh, that's that's a good sign. And you know, he's a guy that could come out here and win this tournament. So he's actually a guy that I could see winning the tournament over Kirk, honestly. Um, probably my words, but uh, I, I would probably put a win bet on champ uh, for this tournament. Um, but yeah, I, I do like Chris Kirk. Yeah, Cam Champ, um, He his, his career is so strange to this point, right? I think three tour wins. Uh, at 25, I mean, carries significant win equity, but he's a true feast or famine type of player. It seems like mm-hmm. where if he's not, he wins and then he'll miss five cuts in a row and show up and finish top 10 in the masters and, um, super volatile, but, uh, you know, 
really has high upside, low floor, high upside. It seems like Johnny, what about that group? Pat Reed. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to pass on Pat Reed. Just, just like what, what Zach was saying there, there's, there's no form and there's, there's no reason to trust him at, at this point here. Um, one guy I, I don't mind here is, is Aaron Wise, uh, good iron player. Um, I think that, uh, you know, he's, he's a bad putter, but maybe the pass palm will, will kind of negate the, uh, uh, bad putter and turn him into an okay one. I mean, he's got to have a good, good week to obviously win an event, but you know, it's, I'm not saying he's getting close, but there's, there's signs that, that there is some decent play and he, he's fairly consistent at, at that. So, you know, if you don't like him in a win, cause that is a really, uh, kind of a bad number at 30 to one, which, which again, we, we, I said it at kind of the beginning here, don't expect any of these guys to have great value because there's just not that plus, you know, that 18 to one, you know, 16 to one, 14 to one guys in there to kind of even it out there. So the books are going to have to have to kind of cook them and be a little bit, you know, a little bit in their favor there. So, so don't worry about that, you know, but he, I like him and I do like Kirk as well. Good, good iron player. Um, this could be a good week for him. Um, Cameron Champ though was one I didn't think that was going to be mentioned. He he does. He's going to either going to have to win bet him or don't bet him at all. I, I just I don't think a top ten bet for him is is a super wise bet just because you don't know if you're going to get. He could shoot seventy two seventy four and 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 go home on Friday. So um, decent numbers here or decent players here. Don't love the numbers, but you know you. I think you could get away with playing these in uh, these guys in some capacity. Yeah, I'll just I'll just sort of piggyback on you guys. I like I like Kirk and Wise in some capacity uh, in this group. It's it is tough to see Aaron Wise with a thirty to one uh, number next to his name, considering one tour win and uh, just a lot of inconsistency. But better better recently, he's coming off a twenty first at RBC where he was, um, I think, top ten going in the final day and kind of faded a little bit. But we're starting to see his name a little bit here and there. Um, fifty to one and above. Uh, let's go up to about seventy. Matt Jones. I've, I've been seeing a lot of buzz about Matt Jones this week, actually. A lot of people seem to like him. Uh, so he's at 55. The Gim Reaper at 55. Uh, Streelman, Hal, C.T. Pan at 60. Nick Taylor, 65. Adam Long, 65. Grayson Sig at 65. Pat Perez, Taylor Moore, Davis Riley, Aaron Ride, Russell Knox, Carlos Ortiz, Lanto Griffin, Mark Hubbard, all at 70. Zach, give me a name. Uh, you already said Matt Jones, who has a third uh, tie for 15th and a tie for second uh, in his last two tournaments. So I would say that's a good pick. A guy on the uh, opposite end of that is Mark Hubbard, who I was reading about during the research, has two top 15s, uh, one on the PGA Tour, one on the Corn Ferry Tour. Um, so in good form. Uh, he's a guy that, you know, you can get a plus 600 for a top 10, uh, plus 275 for a top 20. So reasonable value there. Um, but at those numbers, probably I had Matt Jones and Mark Hubbard written down. So those are the two that I have, uh, in, in this range. I, 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 when I first looked at the field, I was like, well, Matt Jones, you know, this feels like it could be like a Matt Jones week. And I didn't know that a Matt Jones week even existed. Then seeing kind of the, the, 
um, I think a lot of the public's on him, at least more than what you would kind of expect there. So that kind of it does scare me a little bit there. So if you're a if you're a, a fade the public kind of a a better, you may want to stay away. But I think there there is something to that though, that it just feels like this could be one of the things. Again, he's like Cameron Champ though. He's he, he might either win it, top five it, or he's going to miss the cut and and be just awful. Um, I did like Mark Hubbard as well. I did see his name. He's getting into that conditional PGA tour status. So he's, there's, there's some desperation there. And these are the type of events that these, these fringe players, they kind of feast on. I, I don't know if I even love that number at 70 to one, but I think he's he's kind of playing for his job at this point. So, you know, I think that's a good storyline to look at there. Um, and then the other guy is Aaron Rye. Um, he's played some solid golf, and he seems to seems to adapt well to to the golf courses over here after being on the the DP World Tour uh, the last couple of years. Um, he is a good player. He's a really good iron player. Um, you know, I I don't see him winning this year. I do see him possibly winning at some point in the next couple of years, but this week is a week I could see him, uh, um, you know, surprising some people, you know, maybe a top 20 finish, um, you know, having some success here as he has for much of this season. I think this is the range where you really start to get significant value in the top five, 10, 20 market. Um, you guys know, I love Russell Knox. I will bet. Russell Knox this week, fourth uh, tee to green uh, in this field. Uh, he has, you know, played really good golf this spring. Uh, I think you're getting the bargain at 70 to one. So I'll probably win bet him, but also I love the top 10 at plus 600. And I'll just uh, continue to, to ride Davis Riley. He and Zal Torres uh, finished top five last week in the team event. He's at 70. Um, I don't think he's going to beat this field. Um, but I still like him to perform pretty well. Um, I'll be betting him in some capacity, uh, 80 to one and, uh, above we'll just go to the end. So you guys give me a couple names you guys like beyond 80 to one. This is where we talk about, you might see a plus 1000 for a top 10 plus 1500 for a top 10. And there's, and there's real, there's really a chance when you're talking about the guy that's the 150th best player in this field, probably not that far off from the 30 or 40th best player in the field. Uh, Johnny, anyone? Two names. Um, and uh, first one I wanted to mention, and I've kind of, I've never been overly uh, bullish on him before is Emiliano Grio. Um, you know, he's a good, great iron player. Um, I, Again, I don't know. I don't see him as being a guy to be able to win, but you know, I think he's ten to one on a top ten. Um, mm. the, I'd have to look at his form. I, I don't know much about that, but again, we're we're on a, we're on a different golf course. We want I want good iron players, and why not at at uh, you know plus fifteen thousand years to get somebody like that? Um, so I'm going to put him on my card in, in some capacity, and then the other name I was going to give is Patrick Flava Flavin. Uh, yes. <laughs> Mr. Monday Qualifier. This guy um, is battle-tested in the Monday Qualifiers. Um, he's gotten through at least two and maybe up to four. And Monday Qualifiers 
are like the hardest freaking things to, to, to do well on. I mean, you've got to shoot, you know, you just got to go out there and shoot 63, 64, and maybe you might have a chance to wait till the afternoon to make it. And this guy, this guy does it. Um, he got an exemption, um, a sponsor's exemption into the event. So didn't have to qualify, I believe. Um, so he's, you know, who traditionally has had to peak his game for the Monday qualifier. And there's always seems to be a letdown. You know, you get a couple of days of practice and everything like that. You know, maybe, maybe he's good at figuring out a way to peak his game on Monday. Let's just, now that he's in the event here, again, it doesn't have to worry about that. Maybe he comes out Thursday, just, just on fire there. And I, I don't know what he was at. I think plus 20,000. So top 40s even they've got to pay like you know plus 400 or something like that i'm gonna take a flyer on them. you know i i i like i like those dudes who grind it out and and uh you know they they have to play with their backs against the wall in these monday qualifiers so he, I, he's uh he's gonna have my uh my back here uh for this week i like that play that's a really smart pick and mm-hmm. uh uh, I, I, that's, that's a good, that's a good thought about those guys that have to really just, I mean, be on the road all the time and, and play those qualifiers and, and for him to play and get through as many as he has, he's obviously a really good player. So, yeah. And, and, and let, let me say this, the why I, I kind of think about that. So in junior golf, you know, pre high school stuff, um, you played in the, if you got to play in the American junior golf association, the AJGA. You know, that was the thing. And that was what I always try to get in. Well, what you did is you, you, you fill, filled out your golf resume and you emailed it or you mailed it to the AJG because we didn't have internet at that point. Um, they would then look at your application and then you would either get approved or denied. And if you were denied, then you were sent in a application for the qualifier, which was basically like a Monday qualifier. It was like, it was seriously like, it was like 96 kids for three or four spots. So you had to shoot, you know, good score. I qualified for three of those. My first three events, I, I was a Monday qualifier for the AJGA. So I had to, you know, you being used to being able to peak your game like that. So those type of guys like that, that's, that's the stuff I kind of look for. And just got Patrick Flavin's got Johnny's respects. All right. Uh, Absolutely. Zach, who do you like? Uh, some names that popped out to me, uh, you know, with some top 20, top 40 bets here. A guy like Aaron Baddeley, who in a field like this, um, I don't remember what tournament it was, but I believe he was somewhere in the top 20 to top 25 uh, in a tournament here within the last month that I saw. He's obviously a smaller event. Uh, and then a guy who was just an absolute train wreck. Uh, but can put together some incredible rounds is Matt Every. Um, oh my God! That's you can get bad. you can get Matt Sorry. Every top forty for plus four hundred, mm-hmm. and Matt Every I've seen him shoot some unbelievably low rounds, and then I've seen him shoot eighty five. But mm-hmm. I I think that there is some value. I mean, you can get Matt Every at plus fourteen hundred for a top twenty. Mm-hmm. And this is not the strongest field, obviously, in a world like we've been talking to. So if if Matt Everett is trying to come back and he has his mind even slightly in tune, like just slightly, he could top 40 this golf tournament easily. Uh, you could also bet him and then just be able to laugh about the fact that he totally falls apart like a train wreck and shoots 85-85. So you're going to get entertainment either way. I... 
I'm I'm jealous because I, I had Matt Every's name circled uh, for the exact best you mentioned. He's plus four thousand for a top ten. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. that's that's what I was alluding to earlier. That the field's so bad that this is where you can really find some crazy numbers for a top ten, top twenty. And mm-hmm. why not Matt Every over uh, you know Alex Smalley, who's you know his numbers eight times better. Um, Mm-hmm. I yeah I did have him circled. I had um, Brandon Hagee. I had him circled at three hundred to one. He's plus twenty eight hundred for a top ten. I mean Brandon Hagee's played you know some hit and miss pretty good golf the last year and a half. Um, I know he's he's almost won a couple tournaments. I don't know. Obviously he hasn't been playing great recently. But um, here's a name I never thought I'd say, um, and it's part of kind of going back to last week when we were joking about Bill Haas and Jay Haas, Bill Haas made the cut with his dad at 68 years old um, and beat Colin Morikawa and Victor Hovland. Well, I'm sorry. I don't know if they beat him, but they beat a bunch of guys that missed the cut. Uh, Bill Haas is 400 to one this week. Bill Haas isn't going to win, uh, but Bill Haas could finish in the top 10. He's also at 2,800 more like more than likely he doesn't, but, even the top 20 number is, is at plus 900. Um, so I had, I had Bill Haas circled as well. The other guy I want to mention who is less ridiculous is uh, Austin Smotherman. I talked about him last week. He teamed with Higgs. He won uh, the corn Ferry event here. Uh, I'm sorry. The, it was the, the Latino uh, tour um, in 2018 at this, uh, at this golf course. Um and he's top 15 in the field, uh, strokes gain T to green. So I like Motherman in some capacity as well. Um, yes, 2018 champion at Vidante Viarta. <laughs> uh, can you imagine Emiliano Grillo? He wins his first ever start as a tour member in 2016 and then he never wins again i mean is that's that was that's his first career win his I first mean, that, that was his first career start i should say his his first start as a tour member i i don't know what starts he made before that but he wasn't right, technically yeah. a member but yeah the season opener in 2016 and never gets another win i mean you come on you win you're like oh i got this this is yeah, this it's is, easy it was easy and mm-hmm. and then 6 years later nothing yeah. um all right, final thoughts. Any anybody uh any any other comments on the Mexico Open? I have no comments on the I will not, I will not be watching Open. it, so <laughs> uh I'll just say that I'm looking forward to the five man and seeing you guys uh in person for the first time this year instead of just over Skype. So <laughs> That will be fun, and uh, looking yes. forward to uh, competing against you guys in a golf tournament, which yes. I have not been able to do yet this year either. Yeah, yeah, Johnny and I—I was—we were trying to figure out the last time he and I played, and we figured it was the practice practice round for the 2020 City. So uh, it's been a long time since we've even swung uh, swung golf clubs on the yeah. <laughs> in the same vicinity. So yes, should be fun. Uh, we'll. Put some best bets up on Wednesday uh, for this garbage golf tournament, and uh, uh, we'll look forward to reporting back next week uh, about the five-man and seeing who won this tournament. So thanks for listening. 
as always, and we'll catch you next time. Skyline, Skyline Chili.